This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to another episode of the W12 podcast. Um, I'm Ben Platt. We are on episode 13 of the season. Um, Unlucky and probably coincides with what we're going to talk about today, I suspect. Um, We're just going to get into everything QPR over the last couple of weeks. But before we do, let me just introduce who's on the pod today. We've got Ollie from Up The Rs. Welcome return in the new year. You okay, mate? Yeah, buzzing with the results recently as well, so ready for chat. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? Jack Supple, welcome back again, mate. Yeah, cheers, lads. Good to speak to you. And um, yeah, it's going to be a therapy session, this one, I think. Yeah. And we've also got what the, the Johan Barbe of the podcast, Duncan McCready. <laughs> How are you, mate? Oh, I'm, I'm good, but I might do like a Johan Barbe and move to France. <laughs> Get away from QPR. Can you bring it back with you? <laughs> bring him back yeah <laughs> right there lads um i mean where do we start i mean we should start with fleetwood um i mean as if it wasn't written anyway as if you know it wasn't not going to happen as if you know i i went into watching that game thinking we're going to win this 4-0 easy um i don't think it was just ever going to happen and and um <sighs> Another cup defeat. What is that? 51. We've been, is it 51 games with the record that we've knocked out? I'm sure Jack will correct me if I'm wrong. Um, oh, there's a couple of questions in this, and that is what's causing, what, 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 why are we so rubbish in cups, right? For one, especially to lower league, right? We just, and, and also what went wrong on Saturday, in particular, right? Um, because I didn't see anything wrong with the team selection. I mean, I know Nico came in a left back, but you know, I, Kenneth Powell probably needed a rest. I don't know. Maybe I, I, he's he's our backup left back. If he can't turn up away to Fleetwood, ugh, I don't know. We know he can't anyway. Um, but other than that, I thought the team was strong enough to go there and get a result. Um, Jack, what were your views, mate? Yeah, well, you you were right about that stat. Um, 
I feel like I've had this one just circling every year almost yeah. just to repeat. So we've been knocked out of the FA Cup third round 51 times, which is more than any other side in the competition, competition's history. And it was also the first time Fleetwood have ever reached the fourth round of the FA Cup. So we, you know, we, we make dreams happen, QPR. Um, you know, and also this, this season, we got knocked out to lower league teams in both domestic cups. That's the first time that's happened in the same season since 2014-15 under Harry Redknapp, where we went out to Burton and Sheffield United. So we kind of threw those away bonus games, giving squad players the odd the odd appearance here. So here you go, impressed me. And obviously they didn't. So, But it's just, I mean, to answer your question, I think more so what was wrong on Saturday. I mean, I don't know how many times they have to keep trying with Hammerlinen, but he's not up to it. But it's not. it wasn't just him. There were so there were a lot of performances there where the complacency was reeking off them. I felt so sorry for the fans that travelled up there because you, you, as we could all set as QPR fans in our gut, we we knew what the likely outcome was. But as I agree with you though, that's that starting eleven, that's enough to beat Fleetwood. And then on the bench, there was enough to come off and change it. Unfortunately, Critchley didn't react quick enough with the subs in my opinion to maybe turn it in the second half when it needed to be turned before that goal in but I, but if the players are going to phone it in like that we've got no chance it was abysmal it was a disgrace and I'm sick to death of seeing QPR phone it in in the cup it, it, it's just like a malaise of the club with these competitions that are so sad to see we'd love a cup run we had we flirted with it briefly a few years ago remember Portsmouth away you know that that season it's great. Look at the, the atmosphere and the money it generated for the club. For a club that pleads poverty, we should be taking these competitions more seriously. Um, but it's an attitude problem. And for me, it's just not good enough. I mean, and I want to single out a player here. I think Dezel needs to buck his ideas up. Otherwise, he's not going to make it at QPR. It's 58 games at QPR, no goals from midfield, two assists. He doesn't do enough. He doesn't take the game by the scruff of the neck. That game was there for him to insert, you know, impose himself. He didn't do anything in that game. It's not good enough. Zach, I can't disagree with anything. I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone listening would probably disagree with anything you just said there. I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head. Ollie, obviously, if you've got anything to add to that, but also one, one, one person I want to bring up who really annoyed me at the weekend, aside from Hammerlein and, and a couple of the others, was Chris Willock. I literally... I, I can't tell you how, how lackadaisical I, w- I watched him specifically. In the second half, I'm telling you, he did not move more than a 15-yard radius and he couldn't have been any closer to the right-back. He made that right-back. I don't know, I think he was a young lad. It, it look any better. I bet that young lad's probably had a sleepless night thinking it's going to be a tough night tomorrow. He, he can't believe, you know, I bet he can't believe that. He probably thought he was unbelievable, which which he had a good game. But my point was, Chris Willock never really took the game to him in any way, did he really? Hold him off a few passes. But in the second half, he looked like he... I could see him complaining a lot to chair. He was in his ear a lot. So I don't know what they were saying, but I assume that was, something wasn't, wasn't... He wasn't happy with something. Um, but yeah, Ollie, I don't know what, if you can add to any of that, but yeah. Yeah, Sorry. I mean, <clears throat> I'm in complete agreement with both of you, I think. If anything, it's more mentality over ability that let us down. I think you just need to look at the body language of some of the players on the pitch to see that they weren't overly interested in the game. I think I mean, that's the problem. I feel like if we had come up against a bigger side, we probably would have played a lot better because we're going out there as underdogs. And I think QPR have always played better as underdogs. Um, what is that? But Why, yeah, is, no, that? Why is that always happen? What, 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 
What causes think, that? I just don't get it. It's like yeah. you, can't, you can't win anything like that. You can't do anything if that is the mentality that you've got. As you turn up on the big games, and, the, and then when it comes to bloke like Rover and Peterborough at home, we we just crumble every time. Yeah, I think I think it's I think it's just a case of we've got in, in the grand scheme of things we've got a pretty young team. Um, I think if we had, I think we do lack a bit of experience in in the team in terms of age. You know, we don't have a Clint Hill anymore. We don't have a Joey Barton in the midfield anymore. That's going to kind of say, look, these aren't pushovers. We got to go out there and give it our all. I think that's what we're lacking at the moment. You know, people talk about bringing in older players. It's, it's backwards, but I think that's what we're missing at the moment. And you know, I, I don't see anyone, bar maybe Chair and to an extent Jimmy Dunn as well, that actually are shouting across the pitch trying to get people going. Whereas you know, back in the day, you had like four or five of them that were just drilling it into people's heads. And uh, yeah, I think as well, Willock, I don't think he's been himself for a few months now. I think, you know, he started the season, he's got eight goals in the league this season, which, you know, I think is kind of obvious that he doesn't trust his his, his hamstring. Um, but again, you know, you, you can't go off purely basing it off of hamstring because he's he doesn't even look like he wants to take on players and that's a, m- a massive problem it's a player that we were talking about being worth 15 20 million now i think we'd be lucky if we get eight at the moment so yeah I, I'm, in, I'm in agreement that i don't think any of them are good I, 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 one thing i will say is when you're playing against a cup team I, I don't think as much as people would disagree with me i think it's good to stick out players like armstrong on the pitch taylor young players that want to prove themselves qpr are going to fight a lot more than the players that have solidified their place in the starting 11 in the championship stick a few youngsters in there and they'll take on players we've seen it with armstrong before who's it against in pre-season he's run up and down the wing with no issues that was something that we lacked and that's something that we've lacked all season yeah really doug um i don't know obviously <laughs> If you could add any more to any of that, or especially on this mentality thing, because I think it's something within the club personally. I, I think Critchley put out, a, I mean, he, he, I thought his interview, I mean, we'll go on to Critchley a bit more detail in a sec, but his interview was as good as you probably could have wanted off the back of that, um, where he highlighted a lot of the issues and, and, and things that we we're all thinking. He did put a good enough team out, right? So there, it's on the players. Is, is that right? Or is that fair? Yeah. Obviously, the manager can only do so much, can't he? He's picked what we all agreed. The team wasn't weak. We weren't playing 11. We didn't make 11 changes. We didn't have 11 youth players on the pitch. It was a fairly decent team. But he's got to have set them up and said to them, right, go out and play. Go out, express yourselves. Like, harry them, press them. Like, So he's given us instructions. So is it not clear instructions? Or are the players just like, it's Fleetwood. Like, this should be easy. We should be able to do like a training game and we should still be able to win. Like, I can't imagine a manager not firing up the team for any game. So it purely has to come down to the players. And I completely agree with Ollie. We have no leaders at all, really. No, I would say like an old school central midfielder like Steph. We miss Steph on the pitch. Maybe not like obviously with his ability, but it's actually what he does on the pitch, who he talks to, how he talks to them. And it's that element of the game we are really struggling with. There's nobody who's going to get people by the scruff of the neck and say, you're not playing hard enough. You're not working hard enough. Come on. Someone needs to give Willock a kick up the ass because he's literally, like Holly said, the last couple of months, he's not performed at all. And he could, he could have done with being rested and dropped for that game. Like, it's, it, like oh, yeah. Jack said earlier, it's infuriating at the minute. Historically, in the cup, though, we've just always been a terrible cup team. It doesn't matter who's been playing. We've had experienced players in the past. I mean, you look at the record, that was an old 
record. I'm sure we had a lot of experienced players on that side, and we still it, it it just runs deeper for me than that. I don't and I don't know. It's frustrating, isn't it? I don't know exactly where it comes from or any one particular, but how can you be? A, <laughs> it's just so frustrating, isn't it? In the cup, I, I mean, um, I was. I, I thought Dickie and Dunn weren't great either against two. And, and you know what? I looked at those two those centre forwards and I thought they're going to cause them some trouble. They were big, big lumps, weren't they? Big centre forwards are getting in behind and I thought they were going to cause trouble. Um, they missed a couple of open goals, didn't they, as well? I remembered that the next day. I mean, the, goal, the goals we conceded, again, set-piece goals, really oh. sloppy, really got done with a bit of blocking. Um, Dunn got done by a bit of blocking, didn't he? And he, in for the... Equaliser, and then the second goal was a joke as well. Suspicion of handball, but still no one's taking taking control. And what Duncan Ollie said, we're lacking leaders, we're lacking someone to you know give them a right bollocking or calm them down. Or because you remember the the impacts we were struggling that season under Warnock, and then the window where we signed Austin Johansson and Device and Field, especially Austin and Johansson, those sort of characters really lifted a young group, and you could see it was transformative. Obviously, we've missed Stephanie Hansen for that reason this season. And when he's played, we obviously were much better for it points wise and win percentage, etc. Um, you got I feel I feel like you know we need another injection of experienced, gritty, determined professionals. Obviously, we need goals. I mean, there's lots of different rumors floating about on Twitter, but do you trust the club to get it right at this point? I mean, such as our you know, our transfer record in recent seasons is a bit hit and miss. Have we got the a the money, and have we got the capabilities to identify the right sorts? Yeah, um, I, I mean, our, our attacking issues are clearly evident. We, we, you know, watching us attack is is so oh, it, we're just so slow. Sometimes we we haven't got like we, we, I don't know where it's gone. Like these players can do it, can't they? Like Willie can chair can, but they're just sort of labouring around, passing it to the side chair. And I like chair, but he don't, sometimes he goes too far, doesn't he, with his going to cross, not going to cross, going to cross, not going to cross. Sometimes just get it in. Um, and I just I think Dykes feeling... plays every minute of every game, doesn't he? Because I get the feeling that like with Willock and chair, they don't trust some of the other players on the pitch to be at the same level or do the things that they're capable of. Like You'd think you could put a ball into the box with Dykes and you'd think he's a big unit, he could put himself on it, but they don't put the ball in the box for him. Like, why is that? And when they do, he's not there. He's he's <laughs> back post lingering. He's not going near yeah. post or he's in the penalty spot. He's not making the runs. Or when he does, as you say, when he does make the run, doesn't get the ball. Um, it, the goal scoring is an issue. Four goals in our last 11 games and not more than once in any of those games. We've failed to it's score. It's evident though, isn't it, Jack? Like, you, when you watch, you can see that we aren't going to do anything. Like, you can just see it. Like, it's just... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like... Like, it's frustrating. Yeah. What's concerned is, as we all see, we've failed to score 11 times out of 28 games this season, which is already as many times as we failed to score last season in 52 games. So, you know, in terms of percentages, we've failed to score in nearly 40% of our games this season, which is the highest since the 2008-09 campaign, which was the Ian Dowie, Paolo Souza, Gareth Ainsworth, you know, four-year plan era, where we just couldn't buy a goal with the Carmine up front. So... We're struggling, and it tells its own story when your goalkeeper, Danny Dieng, is the best shot conversion rate at the club with 50%. <laughs> your efforts, one goal. <laughs> oh, God. On the striker situation, why have we let Bond go? 
when he's I don't feel he's really ever been given a lot of chances apart from 15 20 minutes how many games has bond started for us in the, like, the time he's been at the club we've got the highest percentage of sub appearance is against that's total appearances in the in the history of yeah. the QPR, so that's what I mean like but we just let another striker go surely that means we're getting somebody else in mm. if not the club's recruitment has been diabolical he started 10 strikers 10 starts and 44 appearances bon. so did he get a fair crack is that over what three years? Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah since the 2021 years. season. He didn't, but but I, 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 there must be stuff going on. But what I don't understand is why we kept him in, in, in the summer. Why did we just let him go? What was the yeah. point in? We've got nothing back from him, nothing. If a club come in for him and wanted to pay 10% of his wages, I we should have just done it. Like, was you know? there some sort of agent, um, Tom Foolery, right on deadline day where they sensed we were trying to get Jamal low on deadline day and needed to clear Bond first and then the Bond's agent tried to negotiate different to like change the goalpost basically and the club you know drew a hard why, line we That's left to the last day again though yeah, yeah but even so why. the last day of the window like ugh. and that's a bugbear as well we're 10 days in i know it's not as easy as that as clicking your fingers and finding players but there should be like a list of players and targets what they, they've, they've known for weeks since the world cup when you know we need reinforcements so what's going you know questions got to be asked regarding Sorry, the 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 dyke situation and and that kind of stuff. Um, you know, he said about putting the ball in the box. The ball gets put in the box so often. I think it was was it against um, oh, I can't remember who it was against. But we put in, I think the ball twenty nine times into the box. I think I can't remember who it was against. It was a few weeks ago. I think you know people say oh, Dykes doesn't get the service. He gets the ball in the box. He's just never in the right position to head it in into the goal. And I think that's where. You know, we've seen obviously Ashley Barnes that's been linked with us recently and, and obviously Lowe as well. I think them two, obviously Lowe's played on the wing last season, didn't he, in the Championship majority of the time. I think as much as people say we need a striker, I think we need a winger just as much because I, I don't think we offer anything on the wing, really. Um, You're right there, Ollie. It was Luton. 26 crosses from open play into the box. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, like... I mean, that's when you target, man. It, yeah. it, I know people say, oh, Ashley Barnes, he's an old man. Stick him up front, he'll score goals with his head if the ball's put in. Have a winger take, that can put a ball in the box would be great. Is I'll take low and Ashley Barnes all day long. Yeah. We need pace, mate. We need something that gets yeah. out when we're like getting behind. It winds me up that Dykes never goes in behind. And even when he does, the odd occasion when it accidentally goes like mm. off someone and over, it, it, it's 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 it could be miles ahead and it's still a race, isn't it? To see who gets to the ball. He's never like clear, um, yeah. Which is frustrating. I don't mind Dykes, but I think that he's being overworked. I think he, um, I think that he uh, he doesn't help himself. I don't think he's a natural finisher. I don't think he's got any no. instinct in his body to, to to be able to finish. But what I do think he can do is come on at sixty minutes and cause a bit of havoc if we need him to. You know, like I think he can do that. I think, but but at the moment we're relying on only him to play a whole ninety minutes yeah. of every game for three um, million pounds. And, and I think said, makes an impact, yeah, isn't it? Exactly. So I think we've seen Low. We, we, we um, what's the lad at Leeds? Gerald is he? He's available. There are strikers out there. That's the thing. There's all, as, as well as that, we saw the stat recently. The QPR only convert twenty five percent of their big chances, which is just yeah. appalling, isn't it? Second worst in the league behind Millwall. Well, just on that, Ollie. I mean, Dykes. If we're going to really sync <laughs> up, Dykes has missed nine big chances. So opt to define big chances like 
literally where the player is expected to score. It's a one-on-one, it's from close range, yeah. the little yeah. pressure. That's a penalty is a big chance. And only three players have missed more. And since he joined the championship, only Dominic Solanke's got more uh, more missed big chances than Dyke. So it's it's a concurrent issue. It's not going away. He needs support. We can't be a championship. It's, it's difficult when you see teams like Luton with four strikers, two or three yeah. on the bench, smaller budget than ours. Like you can't have one striker in the championship in your squad. End of that's you just and, and a nineteen-year-old, a nineteen-year-old, yeah. and someone who you don't want to play. Like I just cannot believe how we've managed to. When you look back to August, how we let ourselves do that? I appreciate Roberts. Could I think Bill was going to play Roberts as a forward, wasn't he? I yeah, think that was yeah. the plan. Yeah. Um, but I've got questions about him as well. I, again, I, I don't. I've got a question: Is it know. can we send him back? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, I wouldn't not. I wouldn't be gutted. Would you be gutted? I wouldn't be no. gutted. I don't think he's offered us, offers us anything. I think he's been just as poor as Dykes when he's even been fit enough to be on the pitch. He Did was. You... His huh? body language the other day was appalling when he played, wasn't it? It was absolutely yeah. dog walk, awful. He's another one who gets blown over as well. He's always on the floor looking for fouls, isn't he? I don't know if you've noticed that recently. I don't have anyway. He just like always get knocked off the ball and like you know puts his legs out for a dive. Um, Dunk. Got a question for you, mate. Okay. Who do we? Where does Les Ferdinand and the boards do we? Okay, let me rephrase that question. If we continue with this bad run of form, okay, do we think that Critchley will be getting up the majority of the, you know, the hate if you like, or do you think that it's going to start turning on the board? And Les, I'm already seeing a little bit. It feels like it's going that way because. Ultimately, some of these big decisions that are being made at the club, uh, uh, someone has got to be made accountable at some point, right? The thing is, like with managers, they always get the brunt of it because it's a results business. But actually, if they're not being given the backing and the recruitment from the board and the scouting network is as bad as ours has been, okay, we occasionally get the odd gem. We've got picked up easy, we picked up chair, we've got Willock. Like, we do get the odd gem. But I reckon 80% of our transfers flop. Like, especially the ones we get in on a permanent. We seem to do all right occasionally with loans. Get the odd loan in that it seems to work. But permanent transfers, how many players we've bought that have gone on to be a success for us massively? There's not many. I think, like, realistically, our anger should be aimed at the board. Whereas we've got no money. We've had no money for the last three or four like seasons, really. Like, I know we've spent money on Dykes and Bond, but that wasn't a lot of money. What, five million in total for the two of them? Like, there's where, plenty where of other championship clubs spending a lot of money. From? Exactly. Where because are their own, their owners I know they've are got to put money in. Our owners don't no, want know, to put any but, money in. Yeah, but I guess that's kind of true, kind of not true. I.e., they do put money in, but to, to keep us running, right? Do they pay yeah. the check to keep... Yeah. But, but my like, point is, you can only pay us... You can only, you can only spend what you're allowed to spend with the, the F... You know, FPP or FFP. So where is where is Fernandez? I don't understand how some of these clubs are spending loads of money. Like, I don't get it. Well, you Hull, got a free, a Hull just seems to have an endless pit of money. You've got a three-year cycle, Today, don't you, with did, FFP? FFP yeah. works in like three-year cycles. So as long as you're under the 30 million mark at the end of the three years, every three years, you, you get away with FFP. But obviously, since we had the big fine, we don't seem to spend anything. 
And we're not recouping a lot of money from players, really, apart from easy. Who else we've sold for anything? Yeah, you can't keep getting the strikers wrong. You can't tear up contracts on, you know, like tear up a you know, mutual termination with Bond when he, you know, the met the the methodology behind the transfers is to buy a player on a relatively low fee and fatten them up for market kind of thing. It's it it breaks down when you do this, you know. So it puts in a it puts in a difficult situation. And I think I don't know about you, but you can kind of sense with each manager they get quite a big say in what players they want to sign. There's Warburton signing his old boys. There's Bill signing players he's worked with before. He's worked with everyone, apparently. And like, with, you know, Critchley, we're yet to see what's going to happen. And if it, if the director of football and the recruitment is like the way, the model that we're going, then surely it shouldn't matter who the manager is. There should be the players assigned from up above, obviously with the manager's blessing, but like, so that you're not, veering too far one way then going back the other way signing different types of players all the time so I don't know I feel like we contradict ourselves a little bit um when it comes to the permanent signings especially yeah I, I'll, I'll also say like I think sometimes I forget that as much as QPR is our beloved football club it is also a business for these owners as well but I don't feel like I feel like they're not investing in the business I'm not, I'm not expecting them to you know go and spend five million pounds on a striker but you know there's, there's a lot of young players in league two that are looking promising that wouldn't cost a lot of money at all but we don't seem to be signed them we seem to make you know academy graduates we'll sign under 23 player every now and then but I think the model at the moment isn't quite how I'd like to see it I think if we signed a few you know the same way Luton and Brentford have done back in the day you know they sign a young player he ends up being first team footballer for them and then suddenly he's worth a few million pounds I'd like to see us do a bit more than that because, you know, at the moment we've got, we're still paying the likes of Nico, Charlie Owens. You know, they're, they're reaching 24, 25 now. At what point are we going to say they're not of talent anymore? They're not someone that's going to work for us anymore because we're paying the wages of these players and, and they're not contrary. They've got no chance going in the first team. Back gamble on cheap young players that are in League Two that have a bit about them and see what happens. It's an investment. I certainly would like to see a bit more of that, Ollie. I do agree. I think it is important to to note that the board are writing a pretty significant check each month to keep the club afloat. So, like, they are invested in in that sense. But I do agree with your point. Uh, how invested is are they with like that side of things? Like, with improving the clubs, improving the ground. Like, there's you know, there's a lot of empty seats, Loftus Road. There's a lot of issues with the stadium. Like, I don't know. It just feels like it, there's a bit of neglection. I don't know. That's just. I don't know, maybe it's just a poor run of results and we're all kind of overreacting, but this definitely feels like more can be done at the club. I think we're overreacting though. I don't know. I just feel like whenever the whenever when things are going well at QPR, everything's amazing, isn't it? But as soon as we hit a, a dodgy bit of water, something a couple of runs, a couple of bad injuries, it doesn't take a lot to push push the ship over, does it? And, and, and it just happens every season. And I just don't, again, it, it goes to, like hand to hand with the cup run. It's that mentality. It's the when when we need players to dig in. For some reason, they just don't seem to be able to do it. It's why we do well against the better teams, right? When we when we've got someone who comes in with a battle at home, gets stuck in. I don't know. We just seem to not be able to. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like I felt like we were having this chat this time last year. That are the board going to actually commit to our like promotion push that we thought we were going to be on? We were all saying, oh, the board get this window right, we'll be right up in there in the playoffs," and they didn't. They didn't. We signed Jeff Hendrick last day of the season, like last day of the window. Like, where's the ambition from the board? Like, 
who's making the decisions at board level that actually are affecting the club the whole way through? What? Yeah, yeah, agree, Doug. It, it just feels like it is literally on the back burner of some of the board members' minds. Like, where's Fernandez? We haven't heard from him, seen from him in donkeys. Like, mm. just sell his share. If he's that uninterested, sell his share. Yeah. I like Amit, but he, he is a bit like it'd be good to get something from him, wouldn't it? A bit more from him, like yeah. from the owner. What's he? What you know? What's he thinking? What's the plans? Like, what's it? It's just very radio silent, <clears> isn't it? From them, not less yeah. seems to be the the, the 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 figurehead to all of it. Um, Unless we get a big win, then he jumps on Twitter. Oh, exactly, oh, great yeah. result for the lads. Yeah, do you know? What? I, I know. I know. It's kind of straight past the striker situation now, but I've just seen that. Um, Millwall uh, looking at the Rotherham striker Chidozi Ogbeen who's out of contract in the summer and could be available for less than 500k he scored six goals and got an assist this season in 20 games That he's only 25 years old he scored that many for Rotherham he scored a lot more for us he's, that's the player we should be looking at Irish international really good player yeah, yeah and he killed us at Loftus Road a few, a few mm-hmm. seasons ago I remember um, yeah 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 someone with a bit of pace and a bit of power is we can't seem to get both. We can't seem to get either. <laughs> like we get one in maybe one pair, one in the other. But um... they always picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Because when we're linked to somebody, another club comes in and I always think, wow, surely they're going to pick us over them. And it's the opposite way around. Like they always pick the other club over us. Uh, I just never understand why we aren't drawing players in anymore. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't, I've got a middle friend who, 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 was messaging me this morning saying that he's heard in their forums that they're they're signing Jamal Lowe and I'm thinking bloody hell no way but then I'm thinking back and sitting back and thinking well why wouldn't he go there over us do you know what I mean like they're above us in the league they've got look you know they look like they've got more of a chance of going up I don't know it's just frustrating isn't it the other lads look like he's going to hole from Crystal Palace I mean, who wants to go to hole you know the lad from Crystal Palace. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'd, I mean, I'd like. Uh, what do we think about um, Ilias Chair? Do we think that there? Do we think he's? Is he? Gonna, is he the person to turn this this around? This form. I think if he had to rely on him too much. I, I I don't think so. I feel like every team has that player that you're going to rely on. You know, the same way that. You know, if you took someone like Odegaard out of Arsenal, they'd they'd suffer. Um, I think relying on Cher would be okay, but you can't rely on someone when he hasn't got someone to pass it through to and guarantee goals. Um, I think if you put 
for example, I know backtracking every season we say this, but it, you know, if we still had Naki Wells and Ilias Chair in the same team, I think Chair could could end up with the top assist in the league this season because he has it in his locker. The thing is, um, Chair, I'm sure I saw a statistic that said Chair has created the most big chances in the championship this season anyway. Yeah. So yeah. if he's making this many chances, it just shows we are lacking someone clinical to put them away. Yeah, I mean, there's and nothing like, wrong with relying on your, on your best player or one of two best players, is there, like, for a chance creation. But you're right, you need someone or uh, not just, you can't, not just Dykes, obviously his job is to score goals, but you need goals from midfield. There's not enough goals from midfield either. I also think it's a worrying fact that Chair also has the highest number of shots from outside the box in the championship. Like, it clearly shows he's getting to the edge of the box. He's thinking there's no options. I'm just going to shoot. He's also got the highest goals from outside the box, but he can't. he's not going to score a worldie every other game. Yeah, there was that run, wasn't there, under Bill, where we were winning games and Chair and Willett were just scoring for fun from outside the box. And you're thinking, yeah, great. But it's not. It, it's the stats will say they're never. It's never sustainable to be like outscoring your supposed expected goals um, by that much every time. Because eventually, you know, you, you're not going to score from every shot from outside the box. But uh, well, you need then is a striker, someone who's going to get on the end of something, uh, you know, out, something yeah. completely random, or you know, a ball, you know, nothing ball in the box or over the top or something to sort of, you know. Then we've got Alfie Lloyd um, quite a few for Eastley in the first minute. Yeah. He keeps going inside the first minute. Um, Kelman's gone off the boil a bit of late in Orient, so he might be better served staying there for the full season. But, you know, we, we, we need bodies if we can't sign anyone. But everyone we... we speak to says Kelman's the most natural finisher. Right. Like, so surely if he's in the team and Chair's making that many chances, is he not going to put a, a few more away than someone yeah. like Dykes? It's getting to the point where it's worth a punt, isn't it? Well, we've given Armstrong a chance. Why won't we give Coleman a chance? I, I argue that we haven't. Well, yeah, yeah, but you know what I mean? Like compared to, in comparison to, to Kelman, Armstrong's yeah. had more appearances, really, or given been in this first team squad more than Kelman has. I, I feel Armstrong's a bit of a frustration for me. I don't know what we're waiting for. I don't. I, I, I don't get it. I, I, he's in. I know Bill said he wants to. But Bill said he wants to get him in and around the first team, wants to, you know, get that experience. But if we're not playing him at all, I think, us, how many minutes has he played, Jack? It's hardly anything like that. Give me a second. You know, I just think that if, if, if we're not going to play him, then let's load him out to a league. We're telling one up, get him ready for next season. Um, you know, there's been games this season that we could we could have stuck him on and he could have, but we haven't. So that makes me think maybe Critchley doesn't trust him as much as Bill does or, or doesn't maybe think he's, thinks he's as raw than... Do you know what I mean? Maybe Bill had a bit more faith in bringing him on, I don't know. But even then, towards the end of Bill's reign, he wasn't really playing him at all, was he? Leaving him out of match day squads. Yeah, he's only played 319 minutes in all comps. So it's not a lot, is it? It's three three games worth, pretty much. Um, so four games, that is. So He needs yeah, a goal, doesn't he? He if, needs a goal. If, Again, yeah, exactly, to get going. But if he's not going to get the minutes, it's harder for him to score, obviously. So if Critchley doesn't fancy him just yet, then he has to go on loan. I know I know his pace and power is useful, but we don't want to waste him. You know, waste him. He needs to develop properly. So maybe he needs to go on loan if they're going to get reinforcements in the attacking areas. Ollie, what's your early signs, early views of Critchley, mate? Um, I think... Do you know it's a bit confusing because I feel like one game we look 
positive. And then the next we play like we did against Fleetwood. Um, I like his honesty in, in, in the interviews. I think that's rare. I think Bill kind of sugarcoated everything when he had interviews after losses. Um, but, I, you know, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily his fault. I think he's dealing with, in terms of, a lot, you know, a lot of injuries, a lot of kind of un, not, not understanding where players are played best or who the best centre-back pairing is. Um, I think one, one reservation is he does seem to leave subs very late. Um, and, and, and maybe the, the wrong subs as well. I think the Sheffield United game, the negative subs possibly lost us that win. Um, it's, it's, it's a bit of a difficult one because, you know, we're hiring someone that was Blackpool manager before who pretty much made us look like awful, awful against Blackpool. Um, I like him. And I think he'll be good for us, but I think he needs time and I think he needs backing from the board because he's coming into a, the foundations that Warburton laid that Bill played around with and potentially ruined and he's just kind of left with what's left. Uh, what do you, you think, mate? I was going to say, like, it kind of feels like it was like, it's like a mediocre appointment. Like, the board knew he was available for nothing and rather than spend money on a manager or go out and really, like, I... I don't know. It just felt like the easy option at the time to get somebody in who has a little bit of a reputation in the championship, obviously with Blackpool and stuff, doing fairly like punching above his weight almost with Blackpool. But it just kind of feels like I don't feel like he's the man who's going to take us to the next level. Like I don't, I just feel like that like, just lacks like it's just QPR all over, isn't it? There's no ambition with it as a manager. I don't feel like I feel like Bill was trying to take us up a level. I don't feel like Critchley coming in is doing the same thing. Cheap appointment, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's literally, it's like, he's, he's, he's free. Uh, we'll pay a little bit of money yeah. to get his mates out of these other clubs. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just all, us all over, isn't it? Like, we're trying to do everything on a budget, trying to then hopefully, uh, if I buy one lottery ticket a year, I might win the, the, the Euro millions. It's never going to happen. Do you know what I mean? I mean, on, with my, my opinion on Critchley, I mean, I think he's got a you know fairly decent body of work with Blackpool. Obviously, his track record in Liverpool is very highly rated at Liverpool. Um, did give me a little Paul Hart vibe, if I'm being a little bit sensationalist, just by his demeanour and sort of the football is quite dour. And obviously, it, it's foolish to judge a manager this soon into a, his tenure and when they're not his players. So for a start, like I've gotten over that fact. I mean, he has the same one draw loss record to Paul Hart, but I won't <laughs> go any further on that. But I think he's not the problem. Um, I think he needs time. He needs a chance to rebuild the squad in his vision. And I think he'll do an okay job. I, I mean, whether he will take us to the next level, I agree with Duncan, it, it, it's hard to, hard to really think that's going to be the case. But I, I did rate his uh, post Fleetwood interview I thought that was the first time I actually felt engaged with him and agreed with what he was saying and I, I thought you know he said some damning things you know basically he admitted from afar there's a perception of the squad and of the players that of their inconsistency and why they as to why they do that obviously he didn't reveal why but you know that there's it's a mentality issue as we keep coming back to on this podcast I mean with managers we don't tend to get a bounce. I mean, it's quite interesting. Critchley won one of his first five. Bill won one of his first six. Warburton won one of his first five. McLaren won one of his first five in all comps. 
Holloway, one yeah. win in the first seven. Hasselbank, none of his first eight. Just going, just to name a few of them. So let's see, let's see if he can turn things around. You know, I'm sure he will. Um, but I feel like he needs a bit of backing from the board, especially this month. But do you think he's going to get it? Yeah. It's another question, isn't it? Completely. I'm not sure. Not unless. Yeah. Not sure. He um, he deflected like the the um, the post match interview. I thought was a good. He did he did well there, didn't he? Really, because yeah, he showed a bit of emotion at the right time, but he deflected a little bit away from him, really, to the players, which is right. Uh, but but had, you know that interview could have gone another way, couldn't it? If he was you know trying to praise his players, because <laughs> you know that's happened before, hasn't it? Where you, you, you it's not the players' fault; they gave everything kind of interview. But no, I was. Uh, it's, uh, it's too early. It's too early to say. Um, but he's got a lot of issues to deal with, I think. Striking issue is a problem. We, we Set pieces is an issue. Our centre midfield is still an issue, and it has been for yonks. Um, so it's just, it's just a bit frustrating. What are we thinking about Dieng? Are we, is everyone, is anyone seeing anything? Do we, I don't know. I feel like he, he's getting a bit frustrated. He looks a bit frustrated. I don't know if anyone Poor. else is seeing that. Poor. Compared to the level he was on, he's been I, poor, I, yeah. I think I think he's been poor. You know, I think he pulls off a save every now and then, but I don't think he commands his box too well anymore. You know, last season I loved watching him command his box and you know go up for corners and not. I don't mean score goals. I mean at our end, you know, yeah. coming out all that kind of stuff. I just, I just think this season he, he seems to lack confidence or back himself. We've seen quite a few times where. We've conceded goals because of a save that he's palmed to the feet of another player. Or I'm, I'm not saying that I don't rate him because I really do. I just think alongside plenty of other players this season, he's just lost that. He's just lost that special ability that he has. I don't know what, but he just hasn't seemed like the same goalkeeper as he was in the last few seasons. Anyone else? Any more? Um, do you feel like it's too many? Like we've had like three managers in what eight months, nine months since obviously Warburton left it back in the last season. So there's uh, most of the squad were there for Warburton. Then we've had Beal, his tried for his little stamp and tweak it his way. Now we've got Critchley. Do you think players are like I don't really know what whether I'm coming or going? Am I playing it out? Am I playing it short? Like I feel like Senny is one of those ones where the back four hasn't really been stable this season. There's been a lot of swapping and changing of centre backs, especially that as a as a goalkeeper must surely make you think. Hang on, I know that Jimmy plays this way. I know Rob plays this way. Obviously, like Clark Salt is going to play the play this way. Like, when they're all swapping and changing, surely that's going to affect him and his confidence a little bit. Yeah, I think he's I, suffering, isn't he, from a dip it, like like the rest of them. And I, I feel like he can be a little bit quiet sometimes yeah. in terms of organising the defence, but it. it the defence is interchangeable. It keeps changing. And I think communication has been an issue with Dunn and Dickey in recent games. You know, people not knowing their jobs, being in the wrong positions. Dien, a couple of strange decisions against Fleetwood. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree. He can, he can definitely play a lot better than he has been. Yeah, I just think, I just thought I'd mention it because just, he just feels like he's, a, he's ugh, I don't know, this, like, just the vibes I get from him is that he's a bit annoyed with the situation with what's going on, the dip in form again. It happened last season. I don't know if he's got high expectations, been at Senegal, World Cup, comes, do you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see on that one. Um, just quickly on the manager front, I was having a, an interesting chat yet, yesterday with, some, with someone about 
of the worst managers that we've seen in QPR's history. <laughs> um, and we brought up some interesting names out of the out, out of the dark that, that I'd forgotten about. Um, I don't know if you lads have got any, but I'll start. Well, you've already mentioned his name, but I, I always think back to Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank <laughs> <laughs> and how terrible of an appointment that was and, and how awful going to watch games was. <laughs> It was just so bad. I remember Burton at home one once one year, and we just, oh, it was. I don't even think the ball went in the box either end for the whole ninety minutes. It was nil nil. <laughs> what was it, Jack? He didn't win any game of his first eight games. Yeah, he, he had one of the worst like starts to a managerial tenure at QPR. But uh, yeah, the, again, the football there under him was depressing, wasn't it? At times, and we still had the parachute money then, and I feel like what a wasted opportunity that was. Not even maybe Warnock another crack, but you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm going to throw a name out there if that's all right. Um, yeah, go on. I'm going to go Ray Harford. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's statistically got one of the worst win percentages, you know, of post-war QPR managers, possibly even all time. And that 97-98 season where we stayed up on the fi- final day with Jamie Pollock own goal. Uh, that Man City, QPR had won fewer games than any other team in that division. The three relegated teams won more than QPR that year. We, we did a club record 19 draws in that season. So, yeah, it, it, and then he obviously went shortly after into the next season, but I thought he was particularly poor. And as a sort of 10-year-old QPR fan, you know, trying to really you know, enjoy my QPR, I, I could tell even back then it was not very good. So I'd have to put him up there. I mean, you got... Well, but, What's Houston's record? I remember he was awful. I remember. Uh, oh, was it awful? Yeah, he was sort of Stuart Houston. Let me find him. He won just under 40% of his games. But again, he had a, a team like a pretty, there was a pretty decent championship team on paper, wasn't it? Some of the players he still yeah. had. Um, but yeah, no, he, he was he was a real disappointment as well. The big hype coming from Arsenal and all that sort of history. But yeah, he was he wasn't very good, but he won 40, just under forty percent of his sixty three games. So he, he doesn't rank in the win percentage terms. He's sort of quite middle. But uh, yeah, Gary Waddock, he wasn't particularly good. That was a bit of a, a struggle that era. Ramsey when he was oh. in charge. Yeah. <laughs> God, that was bad. Again, that that team for that level, how you know could have done a lot better. That's Nothing was worse than Paul Hart, right? Nothing's worse than Paul Hart. Like he was, oh, <laughs> stuff nightmares of that bloke in that coat. He used to wear that coat. I always remember. Oh. It reminds me when when you say Ramsey, when was it? Was it Tony that come out with that tweet saying he's got his dream manager, and everyone was like, "Oh, is he going to be European manager?" <laughs> we thought oh, it was going to be some like, amazing manager. Yeah, it comes Paul out. Paul Clement, wasn't it? They're after Paul yeah. yeah, Paul Clement, and it was uh, yeah. Well, pro managers yeah. out, out there. I mean, that's the thing. I do feel like we've had amazing managers. I think, obviously, Mark Hughes is the obvious choice as well. Um, there was a discussion on Twitter the other day. I don't know much about him, but um, Tommy Doherty, apparently that was a bit of a crazy, crazy time at QPR. So, obviously, oh. I don't remember him. But um, for me, I mean, it's, it's got to be the, top, the worst three of Hasselbank, Ramsey and Hughes, for me, what I can remember anyway. Um, Hughes got appointed on this day, didn't he? In twenty, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's weird with Hughes because he kept us up that season, didn't he? I, mean, I don't like him because of what he did. But we I, weren't in the relegation zone when we fired Warnock, though, were we? I mean, we'd, no, 
weren't. No, we weren't. We weren't in the bottom three when Warnock left. So I, I'm not having it that he kept us up because I know we, like, we we weren't doing well, but Warnock hadn't really been backed. He had like what the last two yeah, days, three true. days of the window before. Uh, that was our yeah. biggest mistake. That was definitely the biggest mistake we've made in recent history. Warnock said that on the podcast, didn't he? He said that um, when when he was let go, it's complete a complete surprise to him. And he said, no disrespect to Hughes. When he came in, he said that um, that he thinks it'll be a massive mistake letting him go and bringing Hughes in. And he was um, in the stands. I was listening to his podcast the other day with yeah. um, Steve Bruce. And he said that he was in the stands watching the games. <laughs> Typical well, Tony Fernandez. The, the contrast between Hughes at Loftus Road versus his away form. Like at Loftus Road, he won seven of the 11 games under Mark Hughes uh, in the 2012 season which we stayed up in all competitions. Then away from home, we didn't win a game in that season. We lost eight of nine. So real like talking cheap. Yeah. Was, uh, was it under Redknapp where we went? In, I think it's in the Premier League under Redknapp. We went so many games about winning away from home. And then I think the first yeah. result we got in the Premier League was Sunderland or something. I think it might have been draw. That's, with that season, yeah. I can't remember what season it was. It was so poor. Yeah, it, was the, it was the Premier League season, wasn't it? Like with Redknapp yeah. in charge. Uh, yeah, yeah, we were, yeah. We, couldn't, we couldn't buy a point away from home at all, could we? That was no. 2014-15, wasn't it? And then it yeah. was a crazy losing run of 12, 12 away games. And then when oh. Chris Ramsey took us up to Sunderland, we won 2-0, I think, Zamora. Leroy Fair. Leroy Fair scored. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. remember yeah, that one. That one isn't it? And we and all and, thought um, he was going to do it. And then... <laughs> didn't, didn't <happen>. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, lads, quickly, before we finish, try and figure, finish on a positive note. Um yeah couple of positive anyone got any <laughs> anyone got any of uh, that nah, I'm just going to mention Sam Field I thought um, out of everything that's happened over the past sort of few months I feel like he has been a positive um, yeah he, like, no one's going to buy him for sort of you know 10 15 20 million I don't think but um, but I think he's probably been one of the only positives that's come out of it taken over the think- captaincy as well hasn't he since Johansson yeah, I think Field and like Kenneth Powell, I like I know his performances as well. Yeah. Haven't been brilliant recently. He's not like he set quite a high standard for himself at the start of the season. But I think it's, he's that kind of signing that's working out because for, to come to us was almost a step up for him. Like that's we've given him his bigger chance, as it were. I feel like a lot of the other players we sign, it's like they see it as a step down. So I feel like he's really taken his chance, and I think so. For me, I'd say Kenneth Bounce like done well. He's a positive. Yeah, I, I, I'd say for me, I think it's quite a bold statement. I think Sandfield's probably been our probably one of our best signings in the last few years. You know, I know we've had the Willock, etc., but I don't, I can't think of a game where Sandfield was poor. Um, you know, I think Not he recently. gets us out of trouble yeah. a lot. Um, even recently, throughout the throughout the kind of stuff that we've been going through on the pitch I, I feel like he's still been there I think without him we'd, we'd I mean if he got injured again which touch would he doesn't I think we'd be in trouble he, you know he's not that mate that always gets you out of trouble when you're on a night out he's just always there like he'll peer out of nowhere and just get you out of, out of the stuff so I, I think he's been outstanding Paul I think Laird's fell off but um, yeah other than that really positive with Fieldham I think I, yeah. him as well. I don't know. Mentioned him. I thought yeah. he's been a good. He's only young, remember? I think he's been good. Um, yeah. Still got some developing to do, but going Dortmund. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's right about Field. I think um, when we signed him, he came with an injury track record, and he got injured a bit, and it took a while to get fit. Then he got injured in the summer. But ever since he had that knee surgery to correct the long-standing issue, he's pretty much been ever present. And I think 
he's so important to how we play. Um, I think people realise it a lot more now, generally, because he, he doesn't really play flashy, does he? And I think sometimes no. players can get slacked off because they look a bit basic with their play. But what he does, covering the ground, picking up the ball, you know, it you know is, is important to the team. And with you know we, we struggle because we don't have a direct replacement for that type of player. I mean, Irabunum clearly is a level above ability-wise, natural ability, and where he can go. But he need, and because he's young, he's he's unfortunately inconsistent, and he's learning on QPR's time. In yeah. in, in instead of a, an Amos or a Dazelle or you know, and that is you know potential issue further down the line when the contracts need renewing. But for me, a positive is the uh, the under eighteen lad Ray and Colley signing a new contract. Yes. Well, his first professional Very contract, good. should I say? I think that's good news because from the small amount I've seen him in the 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 cup games and the youth games and the reports have read about him, he seems like cut above quite a few in that level so I think that's really good you know good to get him signed to a deal and you never know maybe we might see him because I heard he's been training with the first team occasionally so maybe he's one to watch out for but I mean that's that was a bit that was a positive yeah probably run out of positives there haven't we (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) so we've got Reddit next then um I don't, who knows what's going to happen? I don't think anyone in here is going to predict anything, really. It could be, it, <sighs> Reading are one of those teams, they could turn you over 3-0, but you could also go there and win 3-0, I think. Um, yeah. So, uh, you'd like to think that that the lads would want to put a performance in, you know, sold out away and again. You'd think that they'd want to put it in, but, you know, Sheffield United-type performance. Um you know, a bit like a Preston performance where they sort of dig in and you see a bit of battling, but I think Red, it's not going to be easy, is it, Red, Redding? No. I've yeah, <laughs> I think I think we can get a result, but at the moment, yeah. just because just of the, the stale results at the moment, it just kind of reminds you when we went there and we had that last minute penalty and everyone's, everyone pulled back and stuck Bidwell on it who missed in the last oh, minute. Like, we, were, honestly, we were there, I, I can't believe that. Yeah, so was I as well. I, I just think I just think of that, but I think if the lads are serious about this season, they want and they or want to win the fans back. They go out there and get a good result. I don't mean a one 0 scrap. I win. I mean a win. A win. That's what we need from them. Doug, what? Any changes? What would you do? Um, I think it's like, like what can we do to make it the changes? We haven't really got the squad depth to mix it up or change it around too much. Like I, I feel like Critchley, he's. Like he's got to really get into them this week in training. He's got to really. They, if they don't come out first 10, 15 minutes like all guns blazing kind of thing, like we're really like to go out and take the game to Reading, then we I think it's gonna be a long afternoon. If we just kind of come out and like, okay, let's just keep the ball. Let's just play tentatively. Let's. I think we're just gonna be on to hiding again. Difficult to play the other way though, isn't it? I'm not bringing it back to Dykes, but what you, it's just it's difficult, isn't it? When you're hitting the ball to Dykes, waiting for him to hold it up to get Cher and Willick involved, especially away. From, you know, I always find. Oh, what do you think, Jack? Well, I mean, I would like to see someone like Taylor Richards maybe get a run out yeah. because in the in the brief appearances he's made in the league, he's looked like he could do something. Um, Again, maybe he's working his fitness up. He seems to be a bit injury prone at the moment. But um, I mean, in terms of championship teams this season, Reading have won the highest share of points at home than any other team. So they're very strong at home. I mean, so, you know, it's not going to be an easy easy task. Um, But, you know, the last time 
we did a league double over Reading. It was the 2010-11 season under Neil Warnock and we won promotion. So if we do win, surely it's an omen and it's not too late to make a charge. I'd <laughs> <laughs> yeah. see three at the back as well, wouldn't I? But I just, where's Solwer is? seems for that 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1 sort of thing, doesn't yeah. he? Like, he seems to want to play wingers, so... But yeah. we haven't got any. <laughs> yeah. Albert. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see three at the back. I'd like to, I know this won't happen, but I'd like to see like Salter, Balogun and Dickie or Dunn, two, the two full-backs. And then I'd like to see like Johansson, Field, and then, oh, I, don't, I don't know, Richards. I don't know, would you? Yeah, Richards, Chair and Willow Cup. I don't know how that would even work. I don't know. So you're dropping Tim? I just think we miss Johansson massively. I, I honestly do. I think we miss him. That? Uh, his leadership, just everything. We, we just not saying that he's the best player in the world, and you know, but I just think we've massively missed him, and we've missed Balogun as well. I, don't, I think so. It'd be good to get them back. I mean, the sooner the better. I don't know how far off he is with his injury no. progress, but he seems to be back training now. But yeah, mm. he's massively missed. The sooner he's back, he's got eight goals and assists this season. Isn't he two goals, six assists. He was he's been vital before his injury, wasn't he? Absolutely yeah. flying. And I thought Tim played a bit better. Like it gives Tim a bit of an extra license to go forward. And yeah. Hansen's a bit, a bit, a bit. Dazelle is a bit cleverer, isn't he? And yeah. right there, lads. Well, well, we'll leave it there. We'll um, we'll catch up in a, next week, and hopefully, <laughs> we will have a bit of more positive spin on things. Positive result. Yeah. Maybe a couple of signings. Would you reckon? Yeah. No chance. Oh, I'm not being optimistic for that. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay. Thanks everyone for listening. Lads, have a great rest of the evening. And uh, up the yours. You yours. You yours. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.